0: Welcome to Different from the Other Kids, a weekly podcast for parents of challenging children with your host Angela Sunes, author of the Amazon best-selling book Different from the Other Kids. Each week, Angela interviews an individual or professional within
1: the mental health community.
0: Before we get involved in our first uh, interview here with uh, the lovely Shelley uh, Brooks, uh, she is going to be talking to us from a different perspective. She's going to be telling us about what it was like growing up uh, with a mother with mental health challenges um, and uh, what her life was like as a young person under that enormous uh, stress and under that challenging environment. But before that, I wanted to uh, share with you an article that I found on the NBC News site. And it's called Decades into Crisis, Kids Still Suffer from Shortage of Psychiatrists. This is from June 18th, 2016. It is by three authors. One is Liz Brown. The other one is Sally Snang. And the third is John Shoup. So let me read you an excerpt from this. 17 years ago, U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services Donna Shalala sounded the alarm on a crisis that was leaving millions of ill children without proper care. The problem outlined in a report on the country's mental health system was a dearth of child psychiatrists that forced primary care doctors to treat mentally ill youngsters, a triage environment that it said needed to change. It hasn't. Instead, the crisis is arguably getting worse as the United States grapples with an increase in depression and suicides among young people, and the number of child psychiatrists remains far too meager to help them. Fewer child psychiatrists take insurance, repelled by low reimbursement rates and the effort required to appeal. More of them are approaching retirement, and not enough medical students want to enter the field. We're not replenishing ourselves, said Mark Olston, who teaches and researches child psychiatry at Columbia University Medical Center in New York. There are only about 8,500 child psychiatrists in America, not nearly enough for the estimated 15 million kids who need one, the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry says. On the local level, the shortfall becomes more pronounced. No individual state meets the AACAP's standard of 47 child psychiatrists for every 100,000 children for 17 17 or younger, or one for every 2,127 kids. In Wyoming, there is one child psychiatrist for 22,960 children. In Texas, the ratio is 1%. Per 12,122, only Washington, D.C. enjoys what the group calls sufficient supply with one child psychiatrist for every 1,797 children. We in Canada are under a huge crisis in this area. I don't have any numbers uh, presently sitting in front of me, but I will tell you from being on the other end of trying to get a psychiatrist for a young person, it is uh, woefully lacking and the amount of challenge that your pro, that your child has to have in order to be referred to a psychiatrist is enormous and I do believe that if we had more psychiatrists, if we had some more help out there in the field, we might not have so many kids get so sick. That's all I'm going to say on that. So without further ado, let me have a lovely conversation with our guest. Her name is Shelly Brooks. And she is talking to us today about her mom. She's not sure. She believes she's a borderline personality disorder. And uh, we're just going to go through Shelly's uh, childhood a little bit at the beginning and um, what that was like for her. Shelley is a fantastic human and uh, has been amazing with my daughter. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to her um, originally was because she was so good with my daughter uh, that I... Knew there had to be a deeper story there as to how she could have understood her, how she could have dealt with her, um, and how she could have been with her on a a very uh, trying evening. Let me take you back a little bit. Um, Christina had a a rough uh, go of it for part of the winter last year, and I was escaping um, for an evening of, um, you know, just to get away from my responsibility Um, For a short period of time, she seemed quite stable that day, Um, but she had been chemically off for a period of time. If I remember correctly, she was a little bit suicidal at different times, so I was tracking her, and it can be emotionally and physically very draining because I don't sleep during those periods of time. I'm constantly checking on her, Um, and I finally thought I had a break because Christina seemed to be doing okay. So I took off um, with my girlfriend to go And have a night away and have a nice dinner and uh, have a couple drinks. Then we went to a little casino and it was just a little getaway. Well, I got there uh, and checked in on Christina in the middle of dinner and knew perhaps I had jumped the gun on taking the time that um, I know I desperately needed, but perhaps may have been, uh, as I say, ill fated timing. So I got there. um, We're in the middle of dinner. I know that things are not going to be great. Um, I'm in a situation where I'm—I don't know—probably 90 minutes away from home, maybe two hours, and uh, I've had some uh, glasses of wine, and I can't—I can't get in the car to drive back right away. I call a couple friends to go over and see Christina, have a conversation, see if they can pull her out of this uh, depression and um, hysteria that she was in, um, and they seem to be—how um, uh, can I say this? uh, delicately. Um, I guess they just really didn't know how to deal. They didn't know how to talk to her very, uh, constructively. Um, I think she was, uh, in a state where she was pretty agitated and she was up and down and, uh, she'd started drinking, uh, around that time of the night too, which doesn't help when she's, um, having an episode. So I guess it was probably, what time did we call you, Shelley? 11? Oh, oh, was it Was It was it early?
1: earlier, I believe. Was it early?
0: So it must have been during maybe, dinner.
1: Maybe, yeah, or not. So I
0: dispatched the original crew to see if they could work with uh, Christina. And then um, we thought of Shelley. gave her a call, and I felt terrible. Because Shelley has two young children. Um, and the time, if she has downtime, uh, it's precious. And I felt terrible having to call her. But I knew... Um, that I was going to need at least a reprieve for a few hours until I could get home. Didn't know how I was going to do that. Anyway, I, um, had a conversation with Shelly. She said, I'm going to go right over. And, um, if you wouldn't mind, she take me through how you dealt with her because what happened after that was Christina, she just, she got through the evening and I wasn't there and I'm her safe person. And that's really unusual because usually you can dispatch somebody and it becomes, um, uh, it do, it doesn't get any better. They, people that are going through an episode often get into their own headspace, and um, sometimes you have to shock them, and sometimes you have to cajole them, and there's a whole bunch of different techniques that you can try to bring them back and get their feet firmly planted on the on the ground again. But when they're suicidal, running around, and over-drinking, you're in a pretty bad spot to be able to deal with it. So Shelly um, was dispatched, and talked to me a little bit about just, I want to, Share with the parents what can happen um, right. from somebody on the outside looking in and and um, walking into a bad situation and how to deal with it because you were masterful at it and that's how I knew we needed to have this next conversation.
1: Right. <laughs> well, lucky for me, I, I did. I did know um, Christina beforehand, and we had a great relationship. So that's that's a good start to anything like that. And um, as soon as I talked to you, I called her. And asked if it would be okay if I came down and if she would like me to. And she immediately said yes. So it was a good way for me to know that she was going to be accepting of me being there. And helping her if she needed it. So um, that's how uh, how I felt comfortable going and thinking that I could help. <laughs> and then um, once, we, um, once we got there and we started talking, um, I recognized, unfortunately from some experiences in my past, a bit of the patterns and how things go. So I could understand that she was in this place where she was just looking for things to feel bad about. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's like going into a a dark place you can't get out of. And every conversation um, was about these horrible things. And that's where she was at. And I, I understood that completely. We were so all there at some level. Yeah, give me an example um, of what she was saying. Um, She talked about starting out talking about how she felt very lonely. She wished she could have a boyfriend and she couldn't keep a boyfriend and she didn't know why they didn't love her and why they didn't stay. And, um, and that's the, the side of the negative that she was very focused on. Mm -hmm. Um, and I tried to explain to her that she had a long life ahead of her and there was a lot of plenty of of guys that would love her, but she wasn't ready to hear that. That wasn't where she was at. It was, it was a lot of, um. Um just a tough place for her to be. She just couldn't see anything past the negative and and it was it was sad and she did a lot of crying and um it was hard. So I just felt like it was the first while it was time to just listen to her and let her let some of these things out and and talk about them. Um and luckily for me she did. She did tell me a lot of these things that had happened and how she was feeling and um she spoke about her dad
0: Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um she felt that uh, the relationship was very strained there and that um there wasn't enough attention and enough love and so there's just there's it, one conversation led to the next to the next to the next. So um I just listened to her and I tried to have her see the brighter side of things, but it, it, she wasn't ready for it. She mm-hmm. wasn't. And she had a lot of tears and that's what I focused on listening to and mm-hmm. you know, helping her the best that I could.
0: But then you started to you started to shut it down and turn it around.
1: I did because I think sometimes um she was looking for validation in those negative thoughts and I didn't think it was good to to validate them because she is better than that. Mm-hmm. And and as soon as I would go into that place with her then I was just validating those feelings. So um I I do tend to get a little bit tough and I do, you know, I don't mean it to be mean or anything like that. She didn't seem upset with me, but I said we're, no, be we're used to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was fine. And I said we're not having this conversation because this is not actual facts. Life will get better and they will change. And you can't sit and be upset about those, you know, not having a boyfriend or your relationship with your dad. We can work on those things. Those can change. They can be better. Mm-hmm. So our conversation continued that way for, for quite some time and she knew she wasn't getting anywhere with me. So that led to her phone call to you Mm -hmm. or multiple phone calls to you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, um, (laughs) and more tears. And, and, uh, and then after even we got off the phone with, uh, with you, I, I told her you can't, you can't continue to do that to your mom too. I'm here for you. You can let her have a break and a rest, put it on me and let her have that moment. And it was for a minute, I think she thought I need to step outside of myself for a minute and realize that I am affecting my mom. And I think she did a little bit because she did call you back. She and did. She said, I'm, I'm feeling better. And Shelly is here. I'm going to be okay. And, mm-hmm. um, but as the night went on, it gets late. You get tired. She had a few more drinks and
0: mm-hmm.
1: the negative in that sad place hit her again. And she started calling. And I think, um, She didn't get through the first couple of times, and that was that was tough for her. It was like uh, I was exhausted. I was falling
0: asleep, and I was trying to get some sleep so that I could get up first thing in the morning so I could get back.
1: And we had given you that that uh, relief to Mm -hmm. say, "Go to sleep. Mm -hmm. You're okay. I'm here. She's fine. Mm -hmm. We'll stay together. And if anything, we'll you know we'll get to you. But otherwise, Mm -hmm. get some sleep. Mm -hmm. Get the rest that you need." Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that's one thing that
0: the the psychologists or the psychiatrists, if you are lucky enough to be able to speak to them as a parent, they will tell you always is to make sure that you take some time out for yourself so that you can balance yourself uh, so that you can come and deal with your child in a a refreshed way. Because if you sit in that for too long, um, you tend to get a little off yourself um, and you can be burnout. Uh, to the point where you can't help anymore. So uh, that's all I was trying to do. I probably pushed it um, in my timing, uh, which is completely, well, it happens. You know, you get to the point you got to forgive yourself for certain things. And it was just, I, popped, I picked the wrong time and it's, that's the way it goes. Anyway, Shelly was there to pick up the pieces. So, um, so what happened after that? So you were actually able to get her to go to sleep, right?
1: Yeah, finally... Um- We, uh, we, we had calmed down and things got a little bit calmer and she said, I said, I think we need to get some sleep and stop drinking. And she was fine with that. And, um, which was, which was good. And I totally understand it. It was something to help her sleep too, because it was, it was a hard place for her to be. And, um, sweetly enough, she had put on something for me to watch. And about five minutes later, she came in the room and she said, I just don't want to sleep alone. And I get that. Mm -hmm. And, uh. We just, she just lied down and fell asleep beside me. And I felt like there was a comfort, at least I was comfortable too, knowing that she was going to be okay mm-hmm. and that she was beside me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, and that was, that's exactly what she needed. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um, well, to th- 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 make a long story short, I ended up, um, I think I woke up, I, God, it was probably about quarter to six or something. In oh, the even morning, earlier. In I
1: think you was there by was s- quarter to six
0: in the morning. Okay, so I, had, what, what I, I can't, you know, things happen and it's weird. I don't remember stuff. Um, I just remember waking up and it wasn't quite light out, I think, and packing up our stuff and getting over there as quickly as possible because they had to get back and make sure that everything was okay. Um, I've thanked you for it, Chili, but I thank you.
1: Yes, no, and you don't have to thank me because I know. I love your daughter and I love you, so it was my pleasure to be there. Thank you.
0: Okay, sorry, just give me a second. (laughs)
1: Um, It's really hard to find somebody uh,
0: that can step in when you're uh, having a difficult um, go of things uh, with your child. Your child generally will identify with you alone. Um, And unless there's a trusted psychologist or something like that, uh, they won't uh, tend to listen. Uh, It's almost like There's only one person that they can see when they're in that state. And if they're not there, it's, well, it's a bit of a shit show, let's be honest. So the fact that Shelly could actually walk in um, and be able to be that guy for Christina when I couldn't be there or wasn't there uh, was gigantic. And I knew I needed to have this further conversation uh, with Shelly because it was obvious from that interaction that she had a lot more experience and we had a further conversation to have uh, that we had not had yet and why uh she's sitting here right now is um to further the conversation um I learned uh we had a girls night through the summer just this last summer and we actually had an opportunity to have uh, a a quick conversation because there's so many things going on yeah
1: right?
0: <laughs> so many things going on um but we had a quick conversation about Shelley's background um and how uh she grew up and how she came to understand Uh, an episode, or somebody having um, a a, a, a mental illness break, if you will, somebody who is suicidal, uh, somebody who is uh, not really dealing um, with two feet firmly planted on the ground, um, and is struggling to maintain um, good thought process, I guess is is the most, wow, delicate way to put that. Um, So Shelly, what I found out in the summer was that uh, you grew up with a mum that was mentally ill, which is how you came across these skills so um wondering if you can uh take us back a little bit and take me back maybe to when you were a kid and when you may have thought that your living uh, situation with your mum may have just been different
1: um yeah that's i don't it's it's always been that way, so it was more about uh, yeah when i when i left i realized it was different when i moved out on my own that's when i really realized it was different wow so living in that world you keep thinking why why do i feel so different from everyone else and you think there's something wrong with you so you spend most of your time trying to analyze yourself <laughs> um but then yeah you come to realize that there's there's just something more there so um my mom's um illness was more it was a progression. It, it got worse over the years. So when I was younger, um, she would just wake us up a lot at night to talk about things because she would, she would talk to us about adult situations and stuff like that. When you're a kid, you think you're helping. You don't realize that there's something wrong with waking your children up to talk about why the relationship's not working out with your parents. <laughs> and you're seven years old, right? So that's when you... Um, you, start but you don't doing, know any
0: different because that's you the don't way know any that, different. that's the way that you've been brought up.
1: That's the way you've been brought up. And then um as a teenager things got quite quite a bit worse. It was more we would be woken up a lot at night to just uh nighttime always seems to be when illnesses would always get worse. The daytime was fine. She was she could sort of, you know, handle her her illness a little bit better. But at night things seemed to have come out for her. So there was a lot of a lot of sleepless nights and um, over the years, just telling us about um, how she felt about the world and other people, and how we should be careful, and it was just—it was difficult. It was just, it was difficult. She, was it was just a, a lot. Of things, a lot. A lot of paranoia was there. Okay. Yeah. So, and
0: at the time, you didn't know that there was anything wrong. Do you? Did she?
1: No. Okay. And she still doesn't think anything's wrong. So that's where it—it it was uh, the biggest difficulty for us for years. Is that unfortunately we've never been able to. She's never been able to you know, come forward and say something was wrong. So it makes it that much harder for you to get any kind of help Mm -hmm. in the situation. Um, I just remember as a kid wishing that somebody would probe into our life more to find out that something was going on and to validate that, uh, what I was thinking, which,
0: and what you were thinking was
1: that it something just didn't seem right. Like I didn't think it was right to wake up somebody when they're sleeping, Mm -hmm. to talk to them for four hours about adult situations. I didn't think it was right to um, start yelling and screaming for hours or to threaten suicide to children all the time and to um, cry that they were constantly lonely and that they, you know, couldn't, they needed somebody in their life and they almost needed, my mom needed my sister and I too much. Mm -hmm. We were, and it was very, it was difficult to be that needed.
0: Did anybody interfere? Did anybody notice? No. Wow. Wow. No. So you guys were pretty masterful at covering her too.
1: Yes. But she was also very good at it too. Mm-hmm. So we were we grew up in a house that was what happens at home stays at home. Yes. Yeah. Right? So um you don't talk about those things and I think even our you know family was used to the way she was as well. So we were all in it. Mm-hmm. We were all in it.
0: Okay, so you when you moved out is when you
1: when I realized
0: moved- that things were Different. different,
1: Yeah, when I I moved out, and I finally—what? How old
0: were you when you moved out?
1: I was twenty-five, okay. and I finally sat in my own place, and I wasn't cluttered with the um, all those thoughts and all the conversations. I I had full night sleeps. I had days where I could think on my own and not be com- constantly bombarded with this information that she always was you know, putting out there to us. So it just gave me a chance to have a clear mind and realize, Mm -hmm. wow, this isn't how everybody thinks. I'm not the odd one. (laughs) I'm not the one that's um, thinking differently. I think Mm -hmm. I'm the one that maybe understands things differently than she does. And that's not um, necessarily um, wrong. Mm -hmm. Not that she is wrong, but what she was saying was didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, I always thought it was me. So yeah, it was it was really it really opened uh, our minds. So my sister and I, that's when we started to try to get her help.
0: Okay. At this point, guys, I I know we're just getting into it now, but um I'm going to uh cut us off for now. Um join uh Shelly back. Uh she's gonna come back for the next episode and we're gonna continue on this conversation um and talk about um stigma, uh talk about um getting help and what that looks like um with Shelley going forward and um thank you very much Shelley I really appreciate that you're here and thank I you. always appreciate everything that you uh, are able to do for my family, and for Christina specifically, Christina lights up when she sees you. She's, I light up when I see her too. Yeah. <laughs> it's you guys have a have a wonderful relationship, and it's an important one for her. Mm-hmm. Really is. Uh, so I, I thank you. And I thank so, you
1: for doing this. Yeah, no, this
0: is great. We will. Uh, so parents, uh, thanks very much, and uh, tune back in, and we'll continue our conversation with Shelley. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to Different from the Other Kids, made possible with the support of Regal Junction. Your connection to quality and stylish premium pet products. You can find them online at www.regaljunction.ca. Music and editing is a product of Among the Crowd Productions. You can hear more at www.amongthecrowd.ca. We'll see you next week. And now, a disclaimer. In general, I, Angela Sunis, am not a doctor, and I certainly don't play one on the internet. I'm a parent, period. The advice from me presented on different from the other kids does not replace advice received directly from a medical health professional. If you think you need help, I do recommend making an appointment with your physician or other appropriate health care provider.